Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Nick's Wall podcast. I am Anthony Corbo. I'm your host. You can give me a follow over at Corbo Anthony. Joining me on the other line, as always, my co-host, your other host, it's Kyle Maggio, at Kyle Maggio on Twitter. What's up, dude? What's going on, everyone? And as you all know, we are part of the Blue Wire podcast family. Go check out those other pods on our network. And, you know, also, while you're at it, check out thenixwall.com on Twitter at, at thenixwall. Check out TKW Podcast at TKW Podcast on Twitter. Um, you know, do all those things. Subscribe to us. Check it on uh, iTunes. Check us out on YouTube. All that stuff. Um, all right, Kyle. So we are, I'm joining you. We're speaking right after the Knicks lost to the Orlando Magic uh, on, uh, what's the Wednesday night. They fell 95 to 83. Uh, you know, we're now one and four on the season coming in. Uh, I would say about as some people expected to enter the year. Uh, some issues starting to rise up. Some uh, surprises as well in there, both good and bad. Um, where, where do you want to start with this? You want to talk a little bit about the game tonight? Uh, I thought there's uh, quite a little bit that we could glean from in there. Yeah, we can start with tonight's game. It was uh, interesting up until about midway in the fourth. Yeah, so, I mean, we had, uh, you know, a starting lineup. Obviously, Alfred Payton out, Dennis Smith Jr. out, uh, dealing with the death in his family. Uh, we also had Reggie Bullock out, as he's been, but uh, he's away from the team as well with the death in his family. Uh, so some trying times for the team, but they uh, rolled out a starting lineup tonight of uh, Wayne Ellington, R.J. Barrett, Mitchell Robinson, Julius Randle, and Marcus Morris. And, you know, along with some of the uh, the players being out on, on, uh, in the guard rotation, we had Frank Nielakina see 29 minutes tonight. We saw, uh, you know, R.J. Barrett stick to over 30. We had, you know, Wayne Ellington play nearly 20 minutes. So, um, you know, I, I kind of thought that it was a good showing from Neil Aquina throughout kind of, the, you know, up until the end of the first quarter when he kind of started to disappear a little bit. But uh, strong defense going at it, like really attempting to, uh, you know, to he, he uh, ended up only scoring seven points. He went three for eight, but taking eight shots. I mean, that's for somebody who we've been really at least wanting to shoot the ball. Like that was a really good sight for assists, for rebounds, like, I was glad to see him do something at least in his opportunity, but uh, this is not to say that with such an opportunity he's been granted right now, he needs to do more. Yeah, I didn't think he was outstanding or anything, but I thought he was good in the minutes they gave him. You know, um, he had a solid game. He didn't shoot particularly well, but it is what it is. Um, Not terrible either but i mean he was three of eight from the field as you said so you know there's that he had seven points four rebounds four assists 
you know, no steals or blocks, but he looked all right out there defensively. Um, he played almost 30 minutes, played 29 minutes. I, I thought, I don't know. I thought he was good. I thought he, he was serviceable good, out but... there. And we really, uh, Alfred Payton's that with a uh, hamstring issue, but he was really the only, you know, Dennis Smith Jr. Just lost, looked completely lost out there on the court earlier this year. And I mean, you know, it was going to be a battle from the very start with this rotation, but at the very least, like we were kind of hoping Neil Kina kind of on his last chance, like that he would uh, be able to make something of the opportunity. And, you know, we may have a start of something here. Um, also kind of playing, uh, you know, it, it was a really bad shooting game today. Like the, I, it was something like, I mean, the end of the first quarter was 25, 22 New York. You know, they, Orlando scored 42 points in the entire uh, first half. It, it was a uh, very, very low scoring game. I think part of that was decent defense from both teams to get things going. I think Orlando's got a uh, good identity identity at this point in uh, you know that unit being around together. But thought the Knicks were kind of well bottling them up. But uh, overall, our players just like could not shoot. I mean, we had Morris going two for 11 throughout the game. RJ Barrett four for 11. Uh, you know, Randall had a pretty nice game overall, but he didn't shoot particularly well. Uh, Ellington as well missed all of his three pointers, took five attempts. Like, you know, I would say this team, you know, the spacing issues have been prominent, um, you know, throughout the year and, and, you know, the, the four games that we've played so far. And, you know, I don't really see that getting too much better. Um, but at least we did start to see some chemistry, uh, you know, with some players on the floor, but, yeah, this team is just uh, we are, are really don't have any three point shooters. And if Ellington isn't going to make the most of his opportunities, like I don't know where that's going to come from for this team. Like they're, they're banking on RJ Barrett becoming a shooter. Yeah, so I thought Randall played really well tonight. Um, I would have liked to have seen him a little bit more aggressive offensively. Um, team really needed someone to step up tonight and kind of really be the lead man. And not that he wasn't, he was doing that across the board tonight, including with his defense, but just in terms of shooting, just he needed to be a little bit more aggressive. He was really looking for other people tonight, which was great. He had, uh, you know, seven assists and he was moving the ball really well. Even some of, he should have had more assists. To be honest with you, you found a couple guys, including Bobby Portis, a few times wide open for three. Um, just didn't convert. So, you know, I, I really liked his floor game tonight. Um, first couple games was really frustrating with him. You know, he was forcing things a lot, a lot of post ups, just trying to uh, force the issue. But tonight, he just, you know, he's just very balanced. I liked it. I just, I think down the stretch, you know, he should have really tried to. Not just him, but this is kind of on Fisdale too. Um, I had a kind of an issue with the offense in the fourth quarter as a whole, but they should have tried to work the ball to get, you know, Julius moving downhill a little bit more in uh, in those last couple of minutes. It's just it's the easiest way to get the offense moving around and, and humming, and uh, they need to play quick like that. And I, I that's he's their best offensive option right now too. Him and RJ and RJ kind of struggled tonight, so you know, I I really didn't have an issue with him. 
I thought Mitchell Robinson played really well, especially in the first half. Um, yeah, RJ struggled too. Um, I, it wasn't like a horrific performance by any means. He wasn't terrible. Um, he kind of looked a little bit better distributing out there. Like he, he, it didn't really account to much. He didn't really have like any assist tonight yet too. But like, he was just, I, I, it's kind of invisible tonight. Yeah, is, is the best way I could put it. Like he wasn't bad. He kept the ball moving. Well, I think was, was kind of like was the benefit of having him out there. But yeah, over like he couldn't get his scoring going for you know, and that's kind of disappointing because we've been able to see. Uh, you know, in the games where, I mean, he hasn't shot particularly well at all to begin the season, uh, you know, from spotting up. But, you know, the games where he knows he doesn't have that, like he's been able to just take that inside and score. And we really didn't see any of that tonight. Um, you know, against Orlando's defense, they kind of were able to lock him up around the perimeter. So, um, yeah, you know, but, you know, he's a rookie. He's going to have these games like he's still able to put up some points and nobody was efficient on this team tonight. Like literally nobody. Uh, uh, so, you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, Kevin Knox though, I think is starting to, you know, really kind of develop that, that confidence. Like I think he's starting to get into himself a little bit in his bench role. Um, his shootings looked, I mean, he didn't shoot again, partic- particularly well tonight, but uh, to begin the season, like I've kind of liked him, you know, and the opportunities he's had to spot up and, um, you know, as much as I think they could use some shooting in the starting lineup, like I think he's doing well in this bench role right now. And I don't really, you know, I don't, I don't think that I want to change much with him right now because he, he definitely needs some time to come on. Yeah. He, he looked good. The first couple of games off the bench, he was being very efficient and, um, he was shooting the ball well from deep. Um, tonight he started out ice, ice cold. And I think he hit three of his last four attempts or something like that. Um, and I think one was a two. Um, I think he only hit one three. Nope, two threes. So, yeah, he hit one yeah, two he and then two threes. He came on the end. Like, he's been able, the thing that I've liked about him is he's been able to like recognize when he's going to get hot. And I think that that's a, uh, that's going to, like, he's, I think he's going to be able to start developing some hot streaks and like, I feel like a lot of his scoring last year was very, um, I guess I would say very uh, just kind of temperamental. Like, like it'd be random. It'd be kind of like he would just, you know, he would be able to score a couple of buckets, but like then go ice cold for the rest of the game or, you know, whatever. And like, I think now it's kind of getting to a point where it might take him a little bit of time to come on. He still needs, you know, to he's not quite uh, at the level of you know, of score that you would want your wing to be a starting wing player like him, but he's at the very least like able to get hot, and I think that's going to do well for him uh, continuing on this year. Yeah, he just got to keep embracing that bench role. I think it's a you know we said it uh, at the beginning of the year, but I think that's a really good role for him. It, it kind of puts him in positions where he can't mess it up. You know, he's just taking. He's continuing to take open jumpers. He's getting a limited opportunity, so he's got to go out and move, you know, off the ball, make good cuts, and he's mostly done that. So uh, at least with the scoring aspect of his game, I haven't had many issues. Um, I'm still kind of worried about his defense and his rebounding, neither of which have been uh, particularly good or strong this season. Uh, I can live with the defense not being good or even great ever. 
it's you know at least make a you know keep cleaning up that efficiency show it's us for you know show us for real because you know there might be more games like tonight now and he falls back to earth and he looks like the same guy you know we gotta we gotta see the first four you know three four games you gotta see that consistency and we gotta see that rebounding tenacity he showed at times last year um we know he has the body and the frame for it we know when he wants to be engaged and involved he can go out there and get some rebounds um there's no excuse we saw rj barrett go out there and put up a 15 rebound performance in the the game before this one and you know just he gets after it he goes out there and he gets boards um i'd like to see a little bit more of that from knox but you know, we'll see. It's still early in the year. We're still evaluating guys. Uh, you know, but um, I like that bench role for Knox. Yeah, I, I and one other guy that we saw getting some time off the bench tonight too was Damian Dotson, and didn't really you know show much of anything. Scored his only couple of points from the line. Um, but what was it, what's been interesting to me about Dotson? He's only started to see some minutes again recently, but. Uh, Trier has been a DMP for the last two games now. Um, and I just think from, you know, given just his role that he had last year now to, you know, not playing in games and, you know, the kind of, uh, pushback he's publicly shown on some, some coaching decisions and, uh, you know, otherwise with the Knicks already, like I, this is kind of unexpected to me. I I thought that he would at least be playing some minutes off the bench and I don't know how that's going to go over as time goes on. Yeah, I'm just trying to pull up the Celtics game real quick. But um, he needs to play. I'm sorry. Uh, it just makes the most sense. You know, he, he's a he's an efficient scorer who could do multiple things. He's got to play. But what what do you, you know? I, what do you think of Dotson getting the minutes over him right now? The those you I, know because especially I, with with no Dennis Smith Jr. with no Alfred Payton right now like. There are guard minutes to go around, and you know, right now you have RJ Barrett going, getting you know over thirty a game, which you know some might object to or whatnot. But you know, and then you also have like Frank Nealakina played almost thirty, and it's just kind of surprising to me that you know even with Dotson getting you know some minutes in there, that Trier isn't even able to you know pop in for a good uh, you know even ten minutes. Like I don't know if playing him ten minutes or no minutes like is is worse, but. Uh, main thing that I've been happy with through this last stretch since we've last talked to everyone, though, is uh, RJ looks legit. If nothing else, that makes me happy, uh, knowing that I was a staunch defender. Um, still far too early. He could have many more games like tonight's performance, but I I like what I've seen, and I, I'm about as close to being sold as I can for a kid who's 19 and uh, playing as composed as he is right now. So. Uh, there's going to be some rough patches, obviously, like tonight, but as as a whole, I've liked it. Even on those nights, uh, like against the Celtics, when he was a little bit inefficient, you know, 9 of 21, but he's still finding ways to get seven rebounds and three assists what and do you, just stay involved. What do you, how do you feel about the uh, idea of him being a point guard right now? Like, obviously... I, I, think the, I think the only way you do that is if you're planning on playing, like, speedball. Like, unless you're trying to play very, very small and fast, like the Rackets do, where it's just like RJ and then three shooters and Mitchell Robinson. Like, unless you're trying to do something like that, I don't 
like it very much. And it's odd because we you know, do not have a team that's built for that. Like in no, any way we do before. not. No, I mean the the best that they would be able to do that, and I'm trying to on the fly build an efficient unit in my head here, but um, like I know Bobby Portis, for example, is the best big that shoots threes. He shot forty percent last year, or damn yeah, near. But, and yeah, uh, you know, Marcus Morris people. can shoot. Yeah, Marcus Morris can shoot from outside. Knox shot 34% right, last Morris year, shooting pretty well this year. So, I mean, maybe if they did like RJ, Wayne Ellington, Dotson, Knox, and then, you know, throw Mitch because I think you, you need that rim protection. You need some defense, sure. you know, uh, and and Mitch runs the floor. But I feel like that's Then you're the also way. looking at a unit that takes Julius Randle out of the equation. And that's, I mean, Julius can, yeah, Julius can hit the three too. Uh, uh, if he needed, he can, not this season to begin with, yeah. but he was hitting it at a decent clip last yeah, year. Yeah, I know, but I like it's just with everything that's going on right now with this team, like he just, Julius Randle has really, really tried to stay inside. Um, and like, I, I just don't think he has range right now. Like, I will, I will absolutely be, you know, proven wrong by that if I gotta be. And like I would like for him to start hitting those shots because he is capable of it. But yeah, I mean, I'm just not, I'm just not at the point where uh, I can count on that so far. Like I feel like you need a unit that you can count on with that stuff. And like because you got, you're gonna have RJ Barrett who's like really in there, like you said, like to just kind of gun it. Like he's gonna run. Like you want to play him at that point position so he can take it from you know, getting it inbounded to him and find a lane directly to the rim or pass it off. Like that is what you want out of him. If you're going to play him at that position and you know, you got to have reliable shooters out there and you got to have someone reliable like Ellington, who's been the least reliable shooter this season. And that's bizarre. And then like, you got to have uh, Mark, you know, Marcus Morris, who probably is like the right where the borderline, right. It's like the person who crosses the border of, you know, whether or not he's an efficient shooter. Um, and then, you know, that next spot that gets really tricky. Like you, like you, you said, you got to play, you know, if, if Knox is hitting, then like you could play Knox at the three or Morris or interchange those two, whatever. Uh, but if he can't hit and he's not being, you know, super efficient, you got to play Portis at the four. And like, I don't, you know, where's his efficiency so far. And then, like you said, you need some kind of defense out there. So you got to go with Robinson at the five. It's just, that I mean, that's the best they can do, and I, I mean, to me, that doesn't uh, really hold too much water. Like that's not something they can grow into. Like that might they might be able to get away with it for now, but like there are a lot of pieces that are going to be, need to be replaced there if we're going to start building around RJ Barrett in this manner. Yeah, um, it certainly remains to be seen. I don't think it's. Uh... It's something to scoff at. At first, I did, uh, as I often do. And I kind of, I wouldn't say came around on it, but it, it can work with how he facilitates. Again, it's just, it's, you're going to have to really get creative with the pieces. Um, I think he'll work the ball around ultimately enough, but it's just finding the right, you're going to have to find the right, you know, defensive balance too. You got to figure out where to put him on defense if he's going to play sort of that point role. Are you just going to stick him on the wing? Or are you going to stick him on a three? Uh, you know, how does that affect who you're putting in? Does that mean, if, you know, you put Frank at the two is sort of an off ball play, you know, secondary playmaker. Um, it, 
I think this would be the time to experiment with those lineups and just try to fill it with as much shooting and, and small ball as you can, uh, which is what our head coach, David Fisdale, said we would be doing, which was playing a lot faster, playing a lot quicker, shooting a lot more threes, and um, really hasn't looked that way, to be quite honest with you. So I, a little bit frustrating there when he has all the uh, personnel this year to do that and then chooses not to, so... Um, I definitely uh, want to get more into you, get more into that with you uh, in a second here. But first, I want to tell the good people out there about a couple of our sponsors. Um, our first sponsor, we've talked about them before. It's Harry's. Uh, uh, humans have been shaving for thousands of years. I like the way they open that up. It's a good lead. Uh, the secret to a great shave it hasn't changed too much. The ancient Greeks, they didn't need the flex balls, the heated handles. I've never used them, and neither should you. Uh, I it's I love Harry's because it always gives me a close shave. It's an easy glide. It's a low price. Uh, do us a favor. Check out harrys.com slash blue wire for your free trial today. Uh, they're really slick. They're really, you know, they're just good, basic quality razors. And, uh, you know, when you have as much hair as these two Italians here, you need that kind of thing. Um, it's they're just super convenient too. the blades get delivered directly to your door uh, right on schedule. No subscription or anything like that. You can go with that as well. But, you know, you just get them in a, in a pack at a time. You can get them delivered right to you every month without thinking about it. It's uh, it's an easy process is what I'm trying to say here. Listeners of this show can redeem their Harry's trial set at Harry's dot com slash blue wire. You'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, the five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and a trimmer blade, the Roots Lathery Shave Gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire to start shaving better today. And, of course, it wouldn't be the Next Wall podcast without hearing from ship station the holiday rush is coming people and if you sell online you better get ready with ship station with more people buying online than ever before you'll have to ship these orders out quickly efficiently and affordably and how will you keep track of all these orders or decide which shipping carrier to use or if you're getting the best rates luckily ship station can help with just a few clicks you'll be managing orders printing labels and getting those products out the door and delivered in time for the holidays no matter where you're selling amazon etsy or your own website ship station brings all your orders into one simple interface making them easy to use from any device or even your cell phone ship station works with all the major carriers like usps fedex and upass upass ups so you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. They even offer big discounts on shipping costs. Now, any business can access the same postage discount. They're usually reserved for the larger Fortune 500 companies. It's no wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. Take the hassle out of the holiday shipping this year. Let ShipStation help you handle it all with ease. Just use the offer code BLUE to get a 60-day trial for free. That's two months hassle-free, stress-free holiday shipping. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com, enter promo code BLUE. ShipStation, make ship happen. 
So we saw yet another uh, starting lineup out there for David Fisdale today. He's been tinkering. He's been tweaking with, uh, you know, who he's going to be rolling out there to begin his games. You know, all the rotations have been going through some changes. Uh, you know, tonight he opened it up with Ellington. He opened it up with, uh, you know, Barrett again at the point. We had Robinson, Randall, and Marcus Morris. Uh, and it's the previous games, it's been different. And so I guess I kind of want to talk about his rotations as a whole and what you've made where, about guys who are starting to fall into place after the first four games. Um, are you seeing any... We talked about Kevin Knox's role a little bit. We talked about R.J. Barrett's role a little bit. Are you seeing any other players that where you're, you know encouraged by them starting to fall into their role or do you see any that you're kind of uh you know some guys that you're out on or, or is there is there a couple of guys who really we're going to need to ha- need them to find some kind of a comfort zone with this team if we want to take some steps forward well first and foremost julius randall's got to find his comfort zone um he looked a little bit better tonight as we spoke about earlier but he's still not truly comfortable you could tell he's still hesitant but um for any any success the Knicks are going to have this year he's the most talented guy who's the most far along and you know they're going to rely on him they signed him for that reason he put up 21 and, and 9 last year you know I mean the upside's there he's still I think he's 24 you know they're, they're going to rely on him so he's got to get into a groove um not saying he's played overly poorly. I think he's done a good job facilitating the last few games. Um, but he he's first and foremost for any success, him and Mitchell Robinson. And it looked like, you know, tonight they kind of both started to get there, which was a good sign. But um, for other guys about falling into place, it's very clear Bobby Portis is going to play a central role in this team. You know, every every game so far, he's been playing pretty significant minutes. Um, obviously, uh, yeah. Monday against, yeah, Monday against the Bulls, twenty nine minutes. Uh, also, real quick, want to call bullshit on something? Uh, because I was at a Bulls game where they were chanting Bobby Portis in the United Center. Uh, so wow. I don't. Know, yeah, is, I'm breaking this now. This this is big. Yeah, yeah, you're breaking this now. This was not this the is... first time he had a crowd cheering for him. Don't let him give you all that bullshit. Uh, I was there. My friend's drunk dad was chanting. The whole section was chanting. He might not have hear. He might not have heard us. We were up kind of high up there, but uh, you know, Bobby Portis, this has happened before, man. Get, you don't let it go to your head. All right. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, it feels like you know that now they're starting to figure out what they want to do with the that kind of last guard position. And it's really going to come down to, I think, two of Neil Aquina slash Ellington. It, that, that whoever wins out there is going to play kind of those leftover minutes from wherever RJ and Alfred and Dennis all play. Like, that's kind of the vibe I'm getting. Like, since we've been more and more shorthanded, those guys have been kind of experimented with more and more. And, you know, I feel like one of the, you know, you, you kind of see where they are at the totem pole with the opportunities that they've been given. But, you know, I, 
I'm interested to see who kind of wins out here. I, I do think that the, if we want to win games, Ellington's going to have to play pretty, pretty regular minutes, 20 to 25 a night. Um, I don't think that's ideal ultimately, but if he can get it maybe around 20, he he's a good three point shooter. He doesn't require, he's not a high usage guy. Uh, he helps with the spacing. Like he, he hasn't been good yet, but he's got to be in the lineup. I think. I mean, um, and the other thing with that is uh, they also have Reggie Bullock to consider, and uh, he's obviously out for multiple reasons right now and, you know, needs to take his time getting back, you know, and for both of those reasons. Um, but he he is also someone who, you know, initially this summer before his injury was really determined by the Knicks, like he was given a pretty decent paycheck. Um, and I think they expected to have a role for him. And I think that that could still be in the cards if he is back and healthy, um, you know, and, and able to contribute on the court. Like, oh, there's a lot left to be seen there, but he's still a guy that the Knicks have on their team who could potentially contribute down the line. I'm still, we talked about it a little bit, but like, I'm still uh, very uh, interested. I, I wouldn't say concerned so much because this is definitely not a guy who, uh, I'm super high on, but you know, with the uh, Trier not getting any minutes right now, like where he ends up in that guard rotation is interesting to me. Um, but yeah, a lot of it comes back to Julius Randle and his struggles. Um, I always forget that Julius Randle is as young as he is. Like he he just strikes me as somebody who's been like 28, 29 years old since the day he got into the NBA. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's so he still has room to grow, and I, I think that. With this team, there's going to be a lot of they need like a lot of chemistry needs to be built here. Like you can tell these guys just don't know where they where each other are going to be on the court yet, and how to stay out of each other's way. And like that's encouraging. So, like I, I'm I'm definitely okay with Fizdale playing around with his rotations and trying out new pieces as he goes along to see who might fit. But um, you know there there's. At a certain point, I would like some guys to start clicking together. And I, you know, so far we haven't really seen too much of that. I do like, I am encouraged because, uh, like Mitchell Robinson seems like he's developed. I mean, he doesn't have that difficult of a role for guys to try to get involved in, but, uh, he, I mean, like he seems to, his like kind of court awareness has been good. He's able to read where other guys are. He's thrown down lobs from, you know, a multiple amounts of players on this team so far. Um, and I think that, I don't know. I just feel like he's starting to develop some chemistry in that front court. I just, the only guy who it seems to me like he hasn't really clicked with yet um, on a spacing level is Julius Randall. And that needs to be something that improves. And I think we saw a little bit of that tonight versus Orlando. Yeah, no, they were clicking a little bit. Um, Randall had two, like, just absolute dimes to Mitchell Robinson. He had a little wraparound pass uh, on the elbow. Um, just sort of Nash-like, just extended his arms, you know, all the way out, one-armed it, and uh, kind of, like, curved it around the defender, uh, hit Mitchell, rolling to the rim for a dunk, and then couple possessions later it was either that or it might have even been back-to-back possessions but it was you know close proximity either way and 
I forget if it was a pick and roll, but, you know, Randall's rolling to the rim. Mitch is rolling to the rim, and Randall lobs it up. Mitchell throws it down, and it, it was pretty. But they've been – he looked for him a few other times, too. He uh, he missed them a little bit. But they they definitely are starting to build the rapport up, and I liked it. Like, that's how they're going to need to play for us to be successful. Uh, it, it's an important part of the offense. Uh, you can pick and roll with those guys if needed. You don't need to use the guards um, necessarily. Um, so, yeah, those two figuring out, especially offensively, uh, is is a must. And they started to. First half was fun. Uh, pretty much the, through the middle of the third, towards the end of the third, like they that that was all pretty entertaining. I felt uh, Randall was was dishing. Uh, you know he's he scored pretty well tonight, seven of thirteen shooting, uh, a little over fifty percent. You know he he looked good. He I, he was defending, uh, affecting a lot of shots. I you know Mitch was defending, affecting a lot of shots, of course. But uh, he was scoring a little bit tonight too. Um, just they they looked good together. That's kind of what I you know I talked that pairing up during the summer, and we were looking forward to seeing it. And that's kind of what I envisioned for them. Uh, it's it's still early, but that's what, I, what we were hoping for. And obviously, they didn't close the game out like we would have, you know, hoped. But uh, it is what it is. Um, you know, young team. Hopefully, they learn from it. Uh, you know, I just want to keep seeing that type of progress now. There, there are certainly areas where we are seeing them starting to, you know, click and come together, but. Uh, still plenty to work out and they will do so as we move along in the season. So uh, let's close on this, Kyle, uh, the upcoming schedule for the next couple of days. We have uh, kind of a packed week ahead of us. Uh, we got uh, three games, Knicks Celtics on Friday. Um, that's going to be at TD garden, I believe. Yep. Um so we get a rematch from Sunday's game. Uh, we'll see if they can, uh, you know, they got kind of walloped in that game. We'll see where they're, if they're able to take anything uh, and give them a little bit of revenge back. Um, we got Kings at Madison Square Garden on Sunday. Uh, that's going to be a little bit earlier. What's that? 6 p.m. game. Uh, yeah, I'm interested in that. The Kings have not looked good, uh, but they have some interesting pieces. I've heard a lot of people kind of throwing around uh, Bogdanovich as a name they might want the Knicks to go out for. Um, so I'd like to see him play uh, in person as well. Uh, and then we got Knicks Pistons next Wednesday, and we'll be talking to you guys right after that game. Uh, yeah, so... Definitely, uh, you know, potential to, uh, you know, against those Kings or those Pistons games, like might be a chance for the Knicks to be able to uh, make a little bit of noise. We'll see what they do against the Celtics. But yeah, anything you're looking out for in those games? Would you want Bogdanovich? Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of torn. It's it depends because he was he's going to want a lot of money in the uh, over the summer, and I just don't know how much you want to give him. Like how much? How much do you think I, that he's going to want to get paid this summer? Uh, I feel like he's going to go for like Harrison yeah. Barnes territory, like you know, eighty, ninety like, mil. I mean, listen, it's a lot. Okay, listen, it's it's a like, lot. I'm of not money. good with paying okay, him twenty million me out. Like uh, like fifteen million okay. a year. I start to lose interest. Per, 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 perfectly understandable. I don't know that he will go for twenty million a year. I just know that 
shooters generally get paid in this league. Yeah, but I, so I don't. I don't want another I'm hard away contract. So do I, I'm aware, but like, okay, so let's say you can get him for 15 million. I think we would agree that that's that's pretty good. I think that's yeah, reasonable. Like I would I would probably sign him four for 60 in a heartbeat, but I have I I have some trouble problems going above that. Uh, I'd probably maybe go like the highest that I would absolutely you know be okay with the Knicks signing him for is like low 70s range. But um, he's just know, he's I one know. of those players. I'm, I'm just nervous about that on every team. Who he just does a little bit of everything, and he's efficient. He defends. It's it's needed, and I think next to RJ, you need that efficiency. You know, as, as well, you need another calm hand next to him. I think that's a nice balance when you have multiple guys who could do multiple. I did things draft like him that. so I can monitor him over the course of the season. So, so please do. do Man, that. he's already twenty-seven but, um, too. I, I, I don't, I don't know what it would, I don't know what it would cost. Um, I would imagine they're gonna not not want to move on from R.J. Barrett uh, no. ever. It seems like Mitchell Robinson seems fairly untouchable. So I, I would mean, imagine yeah, you're gonna get. A, I mean, he's he's he, a, you know, he's gonna get paid over the course of this uh, over the summer too. So I mean, you're not giving up a lot for him. You might give up like a distant first but that's probably the highest price maybe move like trier out and just trade expiring contracts or something you know i don't know that seems a little low i don't know that's it's tough yeah. he's a good player he's a very good player and if you're trading for him you're basically expecting to be able to sign him too that's partly why you're doing it so you're just inheriting him for the next you know, the X amount of years. Is just murky too That's got to be the plan. I mean, he's 27. It's, you know, how much, how, you know, signing a core player who's above, you know, 25 right now kind of seems like uh, maybe not the right way to go with all of the, uh, you know, the youth on this team. Like, you know, Julius Randle almost feels old for this team, but I just learned I'm like, he's literally like five days younger than me. But um, yeah. Anyway, all right. That uh, I think that about wraps us up for this week. Um, any oh, you have something else to add? Oh yeah. Oh, last thing. Uh, you know, just not even a Knicks thing, just an NBA thing. Did you happen to see the score of the Rockets Wizards oh, game? Oh God, no. I'd like to uh, just right, go on. go find it real quick. I want to hear your reaction. Uh, from tonight. Yep, from tonight. See this up here. Please, please just look at the score. Wow! Holy shit! <laughs> holy <laughs> shit, dude! Oh my god, Harden had fifty nine. Beal went forty six. One hundred and fifty nine. To 158. Oh my god, dude, no that's overtimes. crazy. Harden had 59 points. That's insane. The Knicks scored 83 <laughs> tonight. <laughs> they almost doubled it. Like that, you know, oh you know what I mean? God, that's, dude, that's fucking crazy. Are you that's ridiculous? Yeah, I think Beal had 44 on like 20 shots. Dude, Harden shot 18 free throws tonight. That's crazy. 
Sorry, Beal had 46 on 20 yeah. shots. Beal shot 12 free throws. Harden shot 18 free throws. Yeah, Beal 46 on 20 is is loony numbers. That is insane, dude. He shot 14 of 20 from the field. 7 of 12 from dude, deep. Everybody off the Wizards bench scored in double figures. Again, Isaiah Thomas scored oh, 17 and 10 assists. My God, yeah, I have Good a day, for Isaiah. Him. Um, oh man, what other interesting stats are here? This is this is just crazy. It was like literally all hardened too. Yeah, it was because I was looking for I mean, Russ. For Russ only. Yeah. Well, Russ had a triple. Yeah, he had a triple double. Can't really scoff at it either yeah. in a game like yeah, this. So. Seventeen seems low, but yeah, he had uh, uh, you know, ten rebounds and twelve assists too. Man, that's loony bins. I, this is insane. Oh man, did you I, see the wizard shooting percentage? I wonder, they shot sixty-two percent on three on field goals and fifty-five from three. Oh my god. The rock the Rockets shot fifty-four threes and they shot forty-two yeah, percent. I mean, that's deep. not bad. 42 points. They played like an averagely efficient game. When you look at it all, it's just they went, they just did it all really quickly. I got to like look up pace stats for this thing. Like, oh man, well, we're going to, yeah, we're going to have to get back to that. But yeah, that was a nice little detour at the end of the podcast there. So I appreciate that. Oh, man, 100. That's a preseason game, right the there. That's like an, that's like almost all star level. That's yeah, yeah. That's almost all star level. I wonder what the highest scoring regular season game ever was. This is getting. I mean, I mean, this has got to be up there. And this this has got to be the highest scoring non overtime game ever. Like this that's has got to be. That's it. what I'm wondering. There's no way that a game. If anyone uh, out there knows of a game that scored more points without going to overtime, tweet us at TKW Podcast. Because um, yeah, that's crazy. All right, we gotta we gotta wrap this thing up though. I'm just in complete awe over here. Um, go give us a follow at the Knicks Wall at TKW Podcast. Follow Blue Wire at Blue Wire Pods. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes on YouTube. And to the nextwall.com. We have the game recap, which just posted up there. Um, some features about David Fizdale's rotation from Quentin Haynes came out today. Uh, we're, they got the uh, season, the uh, matchups against everyone in the divisions right now. So um, definitely some interesting takes from the first week of basketball up there right now. Go check all those out. Um, and we will talk to you all next week. Please, 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 please.